welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Oh, how good's that? Amazing. Amazing. Um, so my present. Oh, apparently we've got a church full of comedians as well. No stand-up um, happening. But yeah, I tell Bella constantly I'm the funniest person she knows. I tell my friends that I'm the funniest person they know. Anyway, um, no one believes me. Um, but my, my T-shirt, it's going to offend some people. So, because we've got a culture of um, gathering around relationship, not um, agreement, um, then uh, this will be fine. So, um, no, well, this is up to Lee. So, Lee bought me a T-shirt that said, World's Greatest Farter. Wow. I mean, yeah, I'm... Uh, the religious part of me... Nah, there's none of that left, but... If I had some, I'd be offended, but um, it's, then it had some beans, and it had Justin actually on the T-shirt, then Bella, then Jude, with some little toots, um, and then it said, oops, I meant happy, oh, you're the world's greatest father, love you. So that was, that was my highly, yeah, well done, Lee. Unbelievable, yeah. Uh, it was too tight. I didn't want to be a, s- no, no. Yeah, no, I just wanted everyone to look at the word and not me today, okay? <laughs> yeah, st- stumbling, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, I've got, to, I've got to shift back into encouragement. We're there now. Um, it's like my putt yesterday um, with uh, G and Albert. Um, we're about 160 metres out on the last hole, second shot in. G hit his shot within probably 20 foot of the pin. Great six iron. I took out my six iron again and I wasn't confident but because uh, I don't hit it that well. And I uh, hit it probably within 15 foot. And wow, it was a great shot. Um, <laughs> and we saw it kick left and then he had his putt for victory. Um, and then I, then I putted close to the hole and I'd been missing putts like this all day. Just lack of identity. <laughs> um, just anxious, worried, fearful, scared questioning who I really am as a golfer, <laughs> just tentative. I had a par putt for a metre, I missed it by a metre and then missed the other putt and I had six and I should have had four and I was really upset. I had to walk off the green while I was still putting and, get, and I actually went like this because I was so distraught. Anyway, so I had a metre putt for victory and I just locked in, guys. No fear. I went, it's going in. So I just walked straight up to it, took a breath Line it up, boom, in. And then I found out someone messed up the scores and he ended up winning anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, so good to, good to be here. We're going away for a couple of weeks straight after church, driving to Sydney for the joy set before us. So, yeah, so the, the drive's going to be fun, but um, we're excited to have a, a final holiday for the year. We've just been away. It was four months ago, guys. So um, someone said we've just been away. But, um, yeah, that was four months ago. So... Um, <laughs> So it's super important um, that we plan holidays um, for us because if we don't, we won't last. So it's going to be quality family time before the busy season and we're excited. We're going to have two great weeks here. So make sure you pack it out. It's going to be special. Um, I think Penny's on next week. So it's going to be, come on now. And uh, Kylie's got a, and Ross have got an amazing testimony. Worship's going to be wild. It's going to be great because you're here. So um, yeah, and then Mitch is on the next week. It's going to be special. Um, so that's going to be great. Uh, Tim, I had a word for you, mate. I didn't even know you were coming. Can you stand up? If you think anything makes sense, you can agree. Is that okay? But I just, I thought it, oh, 
<laughs> See, he got me in worship as well. I, I, I just leant over and I, it's a weird word because I don't normally go this angle, but I had the words, you're not done. And that's not a need, that's not, we don't want to speculate and go, that's what you're thinking. But I, I, I had the phrase and then I saw a picture of a second book and I, and I just felt there's a new construction. There's a new, not even a new chapter, but a new book. It doesn't mean it's not linked to the old book, but I just see there's, there's something new. There's new strategy, new blueprints, um, and, and, and joy and passion attached to these things. And I, and I just see it really strongly and clearly and buckle up because it's significant. It's significant. And everything's been on purpose. Everything's been on purpose because he wastes nothing. So let's pray. So Jesus, thanks. Thank you, God. Like all of us, but just right now, there's a big target on him. There's a bullseye. Yeah, and I thank you, God, that Father, Son, and Spirit is locked into this next phase, this next journey, this, this new thing. Yeah, I thank you, God, that we welcome that in, that old scripture that we get accustomed to. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And there's grace to perceive it that there's new eyes, there's new ears, ears to hear, eyes to see what he is doing in you, what he is doing in you, because what he's going to do in you is going to happen through you. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen, love you. Yeah, yeah, you can, we can clap that. That's awesome. He, 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 is, he is much more interested in what he is doing in you than through you. Make no mistake, he has created you in Christ Jesus for good works, of course. But he is concerned more about what he's doing in you. I found myself praying a prayer up here at the start of the year saying, God, I don't want you to just do a whole bunch of stuff for me. I don't want you to do a whole bunch of stuff in the room on a Sunday. I do and I do, but I found myself praying this prayer, God, I want you to do a whole bunch of stuff in me. Because often the prayers that we're praying for breakthrough and healing and miracles and salvation and financial breakthrough and, and relationship conflict and all the issues, challenges, obstacles and stuff we're facing, all the prayers, all the decrees that we're asking God to do, the actual way that he's set this whole kingdom up and this new covenant up is he wants to do it through you. He doesn't want to do it outside of you. He wants you involved in it on some part, whether it's just a prayer, a decree or an action. But he wants to include you in it because he's all about empowerment. That's why angels are involved in our lives. We don't worship them. It's stupid to worship them, but it's equally stupid to ignore them. Because Hebrews says they're ministering spirits sent to the heirs of salvation. He cares more about what he's doing in us than through us. He wants to work through us. But everything that we're believing for, often we are praying prayers and asking him to move and do things for us. And he's like, oh, I actually want to work in you because I want to use you in that situation. 
And if I don't work in you, you're not going to have the capacity and the character and the understanding and the knowledge experience with me in those things about who I am that you're asking me to be. And you're not going to be able to handle it. I want to use you. Sustained use. Fruit that will last. Because I haven't, you haven't chosen me. I chose you. John 15, 16. You didn't start this thing. I did. I saw you and called you and said, follow me. Release grace. You couldn't have faith without grace. So I came, me, Jesus, full of grace and truth. John says, I release grace to you, which is kindness and favour, which gives us the ability that we didn't have before. So Jesus came and released grace. He released grace at the boats with Peter and Andrew, Simon, Peter and Andrew, and he released grace to James and John. Zebedee was there, but there was grace released to follow. You can't follow without grace. You can't follow with the ability to follow something that you don't know. But grace is this intangible thing, this immaterial thing. It's kindness. And the synagogue leaders felt it. They said they marveled at the grace-filled words that flowed from his lips. And they question, is this the one in their hearts? And then someone piped up, no, no, isn't that Joseph's son? Familiarity came in. But kindness, grace, we cannot have faith without grace. He gave us grace, which enabled us to have faith. And so often we're begging God and asking God with old covenant prayers to do things that he wants to do through you. That was so good. But it's true. He's sovereign. Mm. But he factors us in in his sovereignty. There's two parts of the word will. One part is you've got no say and he's not consulting you. The other part is his heart's desire. And that is used in Matthew 6. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you weren't consulted in creation and you weren't, you're not going to be consulted when Jesus comes back, which is going to happen, by the way. Um, Just want to make sure we're aware that that will happen. Um, And you're not consulted in those two things, but in the middle, you are absolutely consulted. And in his sovereignty, he factors you in because friends know what the master's doing. Let's get into it and we'll see where we go. Yeah, you good? Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'll just ramble again. No, no. No, it's good. Okay, uh, Luke 2, 39 to 51. It's not going to be up on screen. You're welcome to follow. This is New King James Version, which you might have. I haven't, can't remember the last time I used it. But it's saying some nice things that I need it to say. Um, all right, so Luke 2, 39 to 51, biggest chunk of the morning, and then we'll, then God will encourage us. So when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee. Galilee, this is Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child, Jesus, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So Jesus was born, they dedicated him, and he grew up in wisdom, favour and stature with God and man, other translations say. And then it moves on 
So it skips quite a few years and the context is that Jesus is around 12 years old. And it says that his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. Oh, it says it here. That's good, isn't it? And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they'd finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. Verse 45. So when they did not find him, they returned back to Jerusalem seeking him, searching for him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his answers and understanding. So when they saw him, they were amazed and his mother said to him, Mary said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, which is amazing, as they taught him and raised him and fed him and encouraged him and championed him and cheered him on and trained him up in the way that he should go. He was subject to them, but his mother kept these things. Jesus being there in the temple for three days the, the whole situation, she kept these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favour with God. So Mary and Joseph were entrusted with the Son of God. They had one overarching responsibility and they lost him. <laughs> Excellent. They were in charge and given the responsibility to take care of him and at 12 years old, they lost him because they supposed that he was with someone else. They presumed that he was with the company that they went down for. And even just at the start, I think it's, just an, it's always just a good idea to know where Jesus is at. I just think it's always a good idea just to know what he's up to. As believers, I just think it's always a good idea to keep in step with the Spirit. So they began searching and they were intensely searching. They were freaked out. They were worried. Mary and Joseph, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus' response, he said to them, why did you even seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So I want to open Mary, Mary's response a little bit more to when she first discovered that Jesus, she found Jesus and, and, uh, and had a crack at him for, for, not, uh, for not telling them where he was and wandering off. There's a few translations here I want to look at and then we'll just get stuck into it. New Living says, 
Um, This is Mary's response. Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. NIV, your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. ESV, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Son, uh, amplified, son, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been greatly distressed and anxiously looking for you. And last one in the Passion Translation, son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere. We have been worried sick over not finding you. They lost Jesus and began searching and they were frantic, they were anxious, they were greatly distressed and they were worried sick. And a couple of questions building on from last time I spoke. Hopefully everyone's heard it. If not, today will still make sense. So there's searching happening, but the searching is involving being frantic and worried and stressful and anxious. And I felt the Lord wanted to do something again in this area about what He is doing in us. And asking a couple of questions this morning, maybe more than two. And just asking this question, who can relate to Mary and Joseph in the overarching thought of searching, but searching, being frantic and anxious and distressed and worried? See, make no mistake, we're all searching for something. We've all got something in our mind. We're all... We're all fixing our eyes on something. Something has our attention. Something has our focus. Something has our affection. We're complex, as I shared a couple of weeks ago. I won't go into the details of what I shared, but breaking it down, we're we're complex individuals with lots going on. All of us, all the time. Body, soul and spirit, levels and layers to all of those things. The body with a whole list of health areas that matter to you, that matter to each one of us. Whether it's neurologically or physiological, there are things that matter. There are things that concern us, both in us and with our family and with our friends. Health is a big deal that can consume us. We're all searching, we're seeking to be healthy. We're searching and we're seeking for our friends the, the goal, the dream, the desire is that health would be common among us and in us. Amen. And then we move into our soul, our emotions, our heart, our mind, our emotions, emotional health, mental health. It's, it's popular now, but it's, it's great that it's highlighted because it's real. I can't become the God of this age and not subjected to the Holy Spirit. So if we do a whole bunch of work without Him... When he gets involved, we're going to have to do a whole bunch of work again. But it's so complex. Complex means interconnect, diff, different interconnecting parts all tied together. And these guys were searching and seeking, but they were frantic and worried and in distress. And Jesus simply answered, why are you searching for me? And we know that later, verse 50, it says they couldn't comprehend what he said. Because he's 100% man and 100% God. And he said, well, I don't even know why you're searching for me. But we were freaked out and stressful searching for you. 
So question, like, I'm asking myself this. What am I searching? What am I seeking? What am I pursuing? What am I prioritizing? What are my sights on? What are my eyes fixed on? What is my attention giving to? Because I love what Bill said in this last message that's been going around to our leaders. Whatever we give our attention to is what we're giving our affection to. Make no mistake, we are all searching for something. And I love Jesus' response. Why did you search for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? It's also translated, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But rightly translated is business and affairs. According to Jesus, there was no need for his parents to be worried sick. Are you okay? Okay, a little commentary. Jesus is not asking why Mary and Joseph were looking for him in general. Rather, he is suggesting that the temple is the only place they should have expected him to be. In that context, they didn't need to search for him. They should have gone directly to where he naturally would have been. Mm -hmm. Really good. There's so much searching going on in the world and even within us, if we're honest. We're constantly searching for things. Even on the phone, we're searching for things. There's seeking and searching, significance, acceptance. Where do I fit? Where's my purpose? What grace do I carry? What gifts do I carry? Where does it fit? Where does it fit in church? Where does it fit in my work? Where does it fit out and about? Where do I fit with my friends? Do I have friends? Where do I fit in my family? How's my family? What level's it at? Is it 10? Is it great? Or is it one? Is it hard work? Do I avoid? There is so much going on. We're searching, we're seeking for all of these things, whether you know it subconsciously or whether it's conscious. All good things. But we can get so easily sucked into frantically searching and searching and searching. And we get sucked into searching career, work, building, 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 property, everything we need, searching, 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 which are all good things, which are what we're doing. But I, I just had this phrase around this message because we're not the Lord's will, the Lord's plan, the Lord's heart, the Lord's goal, the Lord's dream, the Lord's plans that he has for us. Even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because he's with him. Even though we're going to go through stuff, we're not meant to be anxiously worried and frantic and stressed and exhausted we can still feel pain and we can still feel fear and we can still feel these things. But the New Testament believer and the heart of the Father and what he's invited us into is not to be consumed by these things and have this constant feeling of treading water and being under and overtaken. And I felt this line, the cure for the life full of anxiety, stress and worry is to be about your father's business. A shift, a paradigm shift, a shift in our spirit, a shift in our body to make choices and decisions, a shift in our soul to be about our father's business. With all the searching going on that we're doing and we know we're doing it and lots of it's great and lots of it matters, but Paul's asking and God's asking, does it really matter? Where does it fit in the matter category? 
Because all of these things are great and beneficial and I want you to be prosperous and life-giving and generous and, and enjoy life. But if we're not about our Father's business, all of the stuff means nothing. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Did you not know I must be about my Father's business? Translated the affairs or the things of my Father. Don't you know that I needed to be about the things of my Father, the values of my Father, the heart of my Father? Thanks, Jesus. He has not taken his eyes off you. Like, he is obsessed with you. Close your eyes. Like, like he, he is obsessed with you. And again, I've said it before, but we, we often can be susceptible to lump in what we do and who we are into one package. And God looks at you according to who you are. And he doesn't change like shifting shadows. He's a good father who has the ability and capacity to see the stuff, but to not dismiss it and condone it, but to see past it and see you. And he's obsessed. And his thoughts concerning you outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. You can open your eyes. It's important for us to continually learn and expose ourselves to how he sees us. The work that he wants to do, the big overarching work, his passion. What do you want? We, we often talk about revival and saving the world and, and God move and pour out your spirit. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But his method is different. He's, he's chosen a way to do all of that. And it's through people. I didn't make up the way. I didn't make it up. I, I might even think it's a silly idea. Because <laughs> I know what I'm like. At my worst, I know what I'm like. Doesn't mean I've got a sinful nature. It's just some residue. Some memory, some neural pathways, some old patterns and memory and experiences that, that kick up, you know, like a smell. Springtime, come on. Memory, experience, but triggers. It's his method to see the world one for him is people. People reaching people. Often we're praying prayers that have already been answered and stamped yes. And he's like, yep, amen, done it though. Go and do it. It is so important, guys, 
to continually shift our mindset and our focus on God, you've got to move to God, you've got to move in me. What is he doing in you? So when I ask, like, you saw Sound of Freedom? Great. And this, if I've had a conversation with you about this, I'm not talking about you. It's general. What did he do in you? I've heard it's great. Production, excellent. What did he do in you when you watched it? Did you, oh, cool, you read the scriptures. What did he do in you? Why wasn't worship amazing? (laughs) It's always amazing. But what's the level, what's what's the checklist of amazing? Driving home, worship, oh, I didn't like, he cried too much. But I'm like, what's the level? What did he do in you? Because he goes, I've started a work within you and I'm going to complete it. Philippians 1.6. I started it, I'm going to be with you on the journey and I will finish it. And it gets finished when Jesus returns. Until then, what's he doing in you? How you doing? How you doing? Um, how you doing? Busy. Didn't ask how, and I've said this before, but I'm prodding it again. How are you? Busy. Didn't ask how your time thing's going. How are you? Kid, kids are great. What is happening? But it's, again, I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. But we have to be aware about what's happening in us. Because this Christian life is going to come and go. And we've got this little small speck of eterni- uh, until eternity. And he's got so much for us to do. And he wants to use you. And being about the Father's business and being about the things of the Father and what matters to Him and what really matters causes you to come alive on levels that you could have only dreamed of. And often we think that because of hurt, because of our perception of kingdom and what that means and the assignment and go and win the lost and, and the intensity around it. We, we, we are human with a body, a soul and a spirit and we pick up things along the journey and we resist and avoid and familiarity gets in and we pause and say no to certain things in that kingdom realm. Let's be real. But you have an assignment. So it's hard to have an assignment and release heaven on earth when you've been hurt with certain things in that area. Yeah? And then we come to church. Woohoo! Oh, I love that statement. Like, the reason this church isn't perfect is because you're here. That was way funnier than that. <laughs> but then we've got church. So we've got kingdom, we've got church. And we're like, okay, how are we going to do church? Okay, well, it's full of people. And the stats would be high that most people leave church because they're offended. But then some leave for great reasons. Some are sent. Some leave because of core values and excellent. But lots because of offense. 
And I'm like, oh, how, how, how do I keep my heart protected and guarded? Because he's using people to reach people. And when he, because he wants to use people to reach people, it needs teamwork and unity. So it needs unity in the people that are reaching the people. Because we don't want 100 people that hate each other trying to reach people. Because that's just unbelievably ridiculous. We don't want the team all hate each other up there and then we all sing to Jesus. We don't want a leadership team that's dysfunctional, that's just hit, you know. So that's why we develop connections, our goal. And one of the keys is understanding. So if I'm not sure, I'll ask a question. If they looked at me funny, maybe they were in a rush or their grandma's dying in hospital. Not because I hate you. So the church thing, we, we, just get, we, we get hurt because we're, fragile's, I think, okay. And fragile can be like, 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 eh. But um, <laughs> we're fragile. We are. We're sensitive. That's okay. But body, soul, and spirit, lots going on. Man, there's lots going on. So it's kingdom. There's church. There's our relationship with God. Where's that at? Can you be about your father's business with your history with him? Disappointment. Perceiving. Perceiving. Mary and Joseph perceived. But you perceived him to be someone that he hasn't been. And then disappointment creeps in. Distraction kicks in. Familiarity kicks in. And our relationship with God suffers when we hold him at a distance. Being, and then on the flip side, being known and seen by him. 1 Corinthians 13, 10. Being like fully known and seen, but we think our, us at our worst hinders that. And he's like, dealt with it. Yeah. Dealt with it on the cross. Yeah, I'll help you walk it out if there's still some stuff. Because yeah. it's you continually experiencing me. You get set free from stuff. You are set free, make no mistake. You are set free, but we're continually being set free. So we've got our relationship with God. Where are we at with that? And then when it, where are we at with community, common unity? Where are we at with that? Kingdom, whole bunch of stuff, because we're a whole bunch of stuff. Church, gathering, Sundays. Where is it on the list? Connection. That's not the main point of today. Where is it on the list? Kingdom, assignment, bring heaven to earth. You, you, with your graces, gifts, abilities, the way he's wired you, the passions, the things that kick up when you watch that movie, the, the, the things that you get aggro about and, and might shift it into being critical is actually there's something in that that's gold and God. When you have conflict, most of the time, it's a core value bumping into someone else's core value. And it's an invitation for connection and discovering how you're wired to let it out so that God gets the glory and you get to be him and represent him on the earth. Being about my father's business. And the, the, the third one, kingdom, church, relationship with God and community. Where's community? Because we can do church without community. So we've developed purpose groups and it's a slow burn. But our heart is that every person in the church would somehow, some way be connected. 
Not in a forced scenario, but one that brings joy. But one that needs to be fought for. Love what Bill says. Maybe it's not just, no, no, I can't remember it, so I'm not going to say it. But it's great. (laughs) Something about just fighting for it. Maybe we're not together because of this or that or that. Just maybe it's because we haven't fought for it. But where are we at with that? Because community broken down from church is more personal. So we can do, hi, how you going? Great to see you. Bye-bye. But community is life on life. And that's got a whole other set of challenges. I've done small groups, purpose groups, life groups, fellowship groups. Done them all. I could name another five. So it's complicated. It's complex. There's all this stuff going on. But it comes back to this. What's he doing in you? If Tash, can you jump up? That'd be so great. Good to have you back on there. Yeah. Really good. Like all of this, all, all, the, all the stuff comes down to all the searching and the seeking and the, I want to build. Will you let me build you? And will you let me work in you? And it takes time to learn how to be present with the Lord, how to sit with the Lord. So if you don't know, ask some questions of your purpose group leader or someone you trust or whatever it is, or whoever it is. But to learn, to learn what, what does it mean to be present with the Lord? Like, like exposing yourself, like Bill Johnson, like he, the way he talks about like prayer, like he doesn't leave until God speaks. And some people got more time than others. I'm not, but like his last one on the fear of man, like listen to it on the Bethel Sermon of the Week. It's like, it just talks about like, again, what, what has our attention, has our affection. And like, we don't have the emotional capacity. I said last week, we don't have the emotional capacity to handle all the news we're getting from every area of life. God's the only one with the emotional capacity that can handle every piece of information because he sees it, absorbs it, feels the pain and then responds. And his heart is responding in people to see the injustices sorted. So that the great work is not the building of the church. Because Jesus said he'll, he'll do that. Tick. We did this in staff meeting. Okay, so Jesus said he'll build his church. Tick. Um, that he'll build us. Tick. What do we do? And I said, we've got to give up. We've got to give in. It's like, put your hands up. Yep. And, and I, I honestly feel like the amount of people I've spoken to, like what the Lord's doing in us it's not a coincidence that's not saying trials trials everything's bad and hard it can be but there's got to be a glimmer in the eye and a smirk on the cheek because we know what he does with trials there's an upgrade and the upgrade is you becoming the person that can handle the dream that he put in your heart to be in this earth because he's called you to much 
He's called you for great things. He has put His Spirit in you. God Himself is in you. Jesus is in you. The hope of glory, the kingdom is within you. You carry power and authority. And He's saying, go, I am with you. That which you're praying for, for Him to come and do, He's saying, love the prayer, but the way I've set this up, I wanna do that through you. And in order for me to do it through you, I've got to work in you so you can become the person that can handle it. So it can be sustained. So you can go out in confidence. So if things get, go down and get funky and get hard, you are secure in me because you've encountered me. You've gone on the journey and you've been about my father's business, my father's affairs, what matters to me. Carefully determine what matters to me to the Lord, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. I want you to encounter my love so that you know what really matters. And I, and I, I feel it strongly that a lot of us are just coming, we've just got to come to the end of ourselves. Because <laughs> it's like, for me, like, it's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. It can be on a coffee mug, but do I, do I believe it? And have I let Him work in me? The life I now live in the body is for Him. Whoa. Let's stand. Fire. If you want something to shift, come out the front. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's not a show. It's not hype. It's just responding as far as you can. God can move in your seat, but if you feel a prompting, come. We just, we just, we want to just get better at being sensitive to Him. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, all of us in the room, just being aware of His presence, praying, just allowing Him to move and just saying, yes, build me, God. Build me, God. Teach me what it is to sit with you, to be with you, to make time with you, to allow you to work in me. Yeah. My heart is to be about your business. In so many areas, it is. So he's not whipping us today saying it's not, but there's more. There's more of him and there's more of us letting go and letting him. Build me, work in me. So in yep. my yep. life, be lifted high, be lifted Thank you, God. High Thank you, God. Yeah. Over everything, Lord, just a little longer in our seats and up the front. Let's just lean into Him. Be lifted high. Thanks, God. Be lifted high. In you. Yes. Is all I need. You're my breath. You're my life. You're my everything in you. Is all I mm. need. You're my breath. You're my life. You're my everything in Yes, God. Be lifted high. Be lifted high and over everything. 
lifted high, being lifted high and over everything, Lord, in my life, be lifted high and be lifted high and over everything, Lord, in my life, be lifted high. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For hearts, God. Yeah, for individuals that you see and know and love. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, seen, known, and loved by God inviting us in for Him to build us and work in us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So what we're going to do, the cafe's open, guys. If you've got Father's Day lunch, bless you guys. Go. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing week. If people want to stay at the front to get prayer, Leaders can go around and pray. That's, that's fine. That's great. If you need to go, go. But uh, that's church for today. Have an amazing day. We're going to honour people in the room that want prayer, but go and connect as well or go and go. But uh, we will see you in a few weeks. Have an amazing couple of weeks here without us. We love you guys. And uh, God's doing good things. Awesome. Bless you.